This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. You guys want to just turn in your Bibles, actually, uh, to First Chronicles. And uh, we're going to start there. I'll kind of give a little uh, preface to the message today. But if you would turn to First Chronicles chapter 12, and I'm going to read, share some scriptures and stuff around that just to give it some context. So I will meet you there, okay? Uh, but I just want to share some other things just to kind of bring some context here. We're, and we're in the middle of, of our series here, Tribe on a Quest. Um, look at your neighbors say, we're a tribe and we're on a quest. In other words, look at somebody say, we're a church and we're going somewhere. Look at your neighbor and say, this is my church. It's not Pastor Sean's church. It's not Pastor Jay's church. It's not Crystal Gale's church. Look at somebody and say, it's my church. Tell three people, it's my church. It's my church. It's my church. Come on, somebody. All right, anybody glad you're here? This is your church, that you're here. That Come on, somebody. You, all right, you ought, to, you ought to love where you're at. Amen? You ought to love. You ought, you ought to feel a call to be there. You ought to feel a connection to be there um, where you're at. And so we're a tribe. And and um, there's so many great churches out there. I'm, I'm, I love to know what's going on in our area, or even our neighborhood, to connect with other pastors, and they're doing amazing things. We, what we're doing doesn't take away anything from them. What they're doing doesn't take anything away from us. We, we just happen to be a tribe in the kingdom, and, and we're just, we're Sanctuary LA up in here, but we're all building the kingdom. Every church in here, exalt in the name of Jesus, preaching the gospel, man. We are all for them. We want them to be blessed and grow and increase and, 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 and do what they're called to do. Amen? And the same with us. And so, so here we are. And so we're just kind of really highlighting as a church, just highlighting kind of the, the core values, the vision God's put on us, the anointing, the grace on us. Uh, we're not called to do everything every other church is called to do, but we are called to do something. You're, you, you're, you're gifted individually in a way that nobody else is gifted. You aren't called to do what they do and how they do it. You're called to do what you do and how you do it. And you can pull from them and learn from them, but you're unique. You're so unique. There ain't nobody else out here like you. I've, tr I've tried to find them. can't find them. There's nobody. You are so unique. Isn't that crazy? How many millions of people have been born? You're the only one. Wow. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm unique. Come on. I need your participation this morning. I know it's Father's Day. Look at somebody and say, I'm special. All right. And so we as a church, we're special. We're unique. We got a little something going on over here that ain't nobody else got. Not that we're comparing ourselves to anybody we're just unique we just got a little something special going on look at your neighbor and say we got a little something special going on over here we got a little something special going on we got a little something special um, there's so many uh great people out there so many great women out there so many great wives out there but i i have the best one in the world she's unique she's special she's mine come on somebody all right she's got it going on all right, she's beautiful, she's fine, she's intelligent, she's spiritual, she keeps me in check, she is anointed. All right, all, but she is unique, she's all mine. Come on, somebody. And so, so we're, gonna talk, we're just going to highlight, we're a tribe in the kingdom. You know, there's 12 tribes in Israel, and each one was uniquely anointed to do something right they all had a place not one was special they're just unique they just had a place we are all the hand can't say to the foot i have no need of you the sanctuary can't say to hillsong we don't need you sanctuary la can't say to fearless we have no need of you and and, and nobody could say sanctuary la we have no need of you we just we whatever we might be i don't know what part of the body we are uh, but we don't we don't really care god you just place us where you want us and we're going to do damage to the works of darkness come on somebody all right and so, so here we go. Uh, so, so we're in the middle of all this. And I just want to kind of share about David a little bit with respect to this. And I'm going to just share a couple things about kind of this tribe, the tribe we're in. Um, um, last week, uh, Pastor Nick talked about pursue excellence. That's something dear to us as a church. It's all, all throughout scripture. Pursue, he preached a powerful message, a great message. I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. And today I'm going to talk about certain things about our culture as a church and who we are and what we are responsible for, what we are stewarding. And one of them is equipping. Everybody say equipping. And the other one is legacy. Everybody say legacy. And it's, it's really cool because on Father's Day, I believe that is something that fathers do, ought to do, our grace to do, is to equip their children and to leave a legacy. I believe that fathers, um, by nature, there's DNA in a father. There's something about a father that without trying will leave an impression on their children. 
that there is something about you, man of God, father. And whether you might not be a natural father right now, but I can guarantee you as a man, a man in the Bible, you know a definition of the word man actually means model. All the men look at somebody and say, I'm a model. I'm a model. <laughs> and, and what does that mean? Um, what does that mean? Is that men innately are designed to, to, to model how to live life. And, and, and some, people might, some men might say, I'm not a role model. It's too late. If you are a man, you are modeling something. You are, you are an example by nature. And even negatively, a man negatively, wrong motive, wrong heart, wrong, you know, you know, twisted perspective of life. I guarantee you, your children, you will leave that impression on them. It is who you are. It is what we just, we just carry that as men of God. You know, that's what it means. That's what man means, is, is, is to model. And so we're going to talk about equipping and legacy. It's so, so powerful all throughout Scripture. Kind of what, what got put on fathers, on men even in general. And ladies, this is for you too, but it's Father's Day, all right? Is this all right? And then you, all you ladies, whatever socks are left over there, you can grab some. Uh, we got some cool socks over there for all the men. Isn't that a cool gift? I mean, our team came up with that idea. I'm like, man, that's so awesome. Who doesn't want socks? I mean, I love socks. Anybody, any, any fathers out there, you're going to get a pair of socks today. Aren't you glad you came to church? And these are cool socks. Some of them have little taco stands on them. So all kind of, anybody like just really cool out off the, no. Some people like, no, white pulled up to my knees. I get it. But just take a pair and give them to somebody that'll rock them. If you don't want yours, I'll take them. Okay. Anyways, so, so, so here we go. I'm just going to give some context to First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 22. You guys ready to get in the Word here? Okay, so here we go. Let's just jump right into this. Um, here we go. So back then, David's time, and, and, and I'm not going to give you specific scriptures until I get to First Chronicles 12, 23. I just want to give you a little context here. Um, Saul was king. He was trying to kill David. He was jealous of David. He was actually scared of David. David intimidated by David. David was anointed to be king when he was cleaning up sheep poop in the field, and he wasn't even called into the house. The prophet Psalm said, boy, you're going to be king. Anointed him, started to serve the king, honored this king, even when the king was trying to kill him. David, man, that man had some honor about him. A, 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 in a sense, if we, we can look at it like this, it was kind of like his spiritual father. A father figure in his life was actually trying to kill the boy. And David had opportunity to kill him, and he didn't. He says, man, I'm not going to touch what God has anointed. Um, when, when Saul died, um, the Bible says that David's like, look, we need to teach. He lamented. He, we, he wept for this man. He had honor for him, even though he was a little twisted. He still honored him. I believe men of God, we ought to be people of honor. When people do us wrong, people in our life do us wrong, honor should never leave your heart. Honor doesn't mean you're accepting the wrong they're doing. But look, I'm going to honor authority regardless of how they twisted things out. I'm going to be a man of honor. I choose to be a person of honor. I'm going to honor people. And, and so when Saul died, the Bible even says that some of Saul's men came and said, hey, there's a group of people that actually buried Saul. And, and, and David said, look, man, you guys are blessed. The Lord bless you. Actually, I'm going to bless you because of what you did. You're honorable people. Time and time again, he said, and there was a song that came out of, uh, I believe it's in 2 Samuel. There was a song that, 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 um, that David said, teach the children. It was really a song about honoring a fallen soldier. And it was, some of the wording in there was great. You know, how great are the fallen and the fallen have, you know, the, the great have fallen here. And so David was such a man of honor. And I believe in this generation, regardless of how authority treated you, I have some horror stories of how authority treated me, but we need to be men of honor and honor authority because authority, the, the, the specific authority that might have done you wrong is not of God, but authority is of God. And in the home, a father is, is there to teach how to be a healthy authority and how to teach our children to honor authority. I know it's quiet on Father's Day. Praise the Lord. And so at this time, after he died, the Bible says David went to God and said, God, the king is dead. Like, where do I go? Do I go to Hebron? Everybody say Hebron. And so he went to Hebron. God said, yeah, go to Hebron. And then he went to Hebron. It's a, it's a city. It's an area in Judah. 
And then the people of Judah came and anointed David king. He was there for seven years. He went to Hebron. Hebron means seat of association. So God was about to change some things. God was about to make David king, but he had to get into a place, and that, that word Hebron means company, that God says, look, I, I've called you and anointed you since you were a child to be king, but I need to surround you with the right people to help make you king. And so regardless of what you've individually called to do, it's always going to take a community to help make it happen. That nobody is so anointed that they don't need community. David was anointed by the prophet to be king. Went through a process and even before he was truly anointed to be the king of Israel and, and really for the kingdom to be turned from Saul to David, God said, I need you to get into a place of community before I start jump this thing off. And so there's all the, the, the community that God put him in was a place called Hebron and all the tribes. Everybody say, hey, hello, tribe. When he got into that place, his tribe began to gather to him. You, you know, there's a, there's a people, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a purpose you're called to, but there's a people you're called to. There is, a, there is a function you're to operate in, but there are people you're called to that are going to help bring that thing to pass. Okay, so here's David. I'm giving you a little context here. He's in Hebron. The, Saul's, Saul's son was the king of Israel. Saul's son died. He was there for seven years. David was there for seven years, and Saul's son dies. Somebody killed him. And then David had those people killed because of honor again. Uh, he's like, look, man, you, th th this doesn't make me happy that you're killing my former king's legacy. And David had them killed. Okay, I'm not saying you show honor by killing people. But, 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 but David was, once again, a man of honor going, I'm not happy about that. Like, that, that's not what I'm about, you know. Uh, so, so I, but as a result of that, um, the, the, the tribes, all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron. And, and, they, and they spoke saying, indeed, we are, bone, uh, bone, we are of your bone and of your flesh. Also in time past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, you shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king, came to the king in a place of association, in a place of community. And King David made a covenant with them at Hebron, the seat of community before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel that's in 2nd Samuel chapter 5 so let's turn once again to just reference that another way and, and right here it'll be on the screen 1st Chronicles 12 23 it says here now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped everybody say they were equipped these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war and they came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. That word equip means to furnish with whatever is needed for an undertaking. So to be equipped, you know, people that have a gift for music, you, you, need, you, need, you need to sit under somebody. If you, you know, if anybody in here have a college degree, Right? Yeah. And so you, you, ha you, you, you got equipped and you put yourself in an environment to be equipped to do that, to be furnished, to follow through with that particular skill set or whatever it is. And so this is uh, my first point here is that equipped ones help to bring the word to pass. God had a word over David, but he gathered people that were equipped. Everybody say equipped to bring it to pass. David in and of itself, even David and God in and of themselves, if I could say that, did not have the capacity to bring it to pass by himself. He needed equipped people to bring the word that God said to pass. We are equipped to bring God's word to pass. You know, and equipped people um, will, will receive a prophetic word over a church and, and, and be part of actualizing that word in a city. To be fully equipped, they had to come to David. And so to be fully equipped, you know, we, to be fully equipped, there must be a submission to authority. And I know that that word's kind of like, whoa, that's kind of intense, submission to authority. But these people were equipped and they came underneath somebody some sort of leadership right like those of you that have been to school you have your degree 
you, there's a certain classes you had to take. And you probably went with a counselor and they're like, okay, you've taken this one, you've taken this one. You, oh, you've got to take this one. Like, you know, I have a bachelor's in biblical studies, but I have an associate's in accounting. So I know enough about accounting to get myself in trouble, but probably not, not enough to be a CPA, okay? Uh, but but to, to get that associate's, you know, they were like, yeah, you got to take, you got to take, um, you know, business math and business law and taxes, state taxes, federal taxes, and then you got to take your general ed and you got to, you know, Native American studies and all this stuff. And so I could say, well, I know about Native American. I read a book on it. They're going to be like, that's cool. That's great. But if, if you want a degree from here, you have to go to that class. So it's an, so it wasn't, it wasn't this, it wasn't unruly or, or, or it wasn't wrong. It's just if I want a degree in that institution, I need to submit to the authority of that institution, right? To get, anybody ever have to take a class you just didn't want to? And who, did you take it anyway? Right, so what you did, you submitted to the authority of that class. Some of you in here, you might have a certain trade and there's certain certificates or certain um, things you have uh, in your work. Like there's certain, um, like when you go for an interview, you're like, I got this cert for this. I can, I can inspect concrete. I can, ins I can do soil inspection. I can ins inspect rebar. I can do all these different things. And you might have the know-how, but without that certification, the certification is a sign. Oh, you've submitted to the authority of what's required to, ha to carry authority yourself. So you have a certain authority within the degree or specialization of work you have, but it's because you had first submitted to an authority in a certain environment to make it happen. And just like in the church world, um, you know, submission to authority isn't something that, I know it's, it's, it's a harsh word, and I want to talk about this because it's Father's Day, and, 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 and fathers are, are an authority in the home. Does it, it, I know authorities, I know it can kind of rub people the wrong way because maybe of our impression or our thought of authority, but there is no covering without authority. Uh, the, 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 it's, authority is there to protect. Authority is there to guard. Authority is there to discipline. Yes, but that is not all of what authority is. And so authority is there to empower. And that, that is just the way God operates, even in the kingdom of God. Um, do, raise your hand here if you actually serve here. You serve here. You're on the team. Come on, just raise it. Come on. Be proud. Be loud. Come on. And so, so come on, let's give it up to the people that serve. Come on, come on, give it up for the team here. And to some degree, you've said, look, I can submit, per se, on a different level than attending. Not that, not that they're better or anything, but they say, look, I, I'm, I'm coming underneath this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm stepping into my purpose, but I am underneath this thing. I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to wear my little badge around my thing. I'm, I'm going I'm 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 to do what I need to do to serve it. You have submitted, per se, to the authority of the house, okay? And so it goes on to say in verse 38, you can turn there. They won't have it up here. But in, in, in 1 Chronicles 12, 30, it says, All these men of war who could keep ranks came to Hebron, with a loyal heart to make David king over all Israel and all the rest of Israel were of one mind to make David king. And so just, it wasn't about David. It was the word of the Lord to him to rise up in a place of authority because how it's going to bless the nation. And so we have words, prophetic words, vision as a church, and it is the equipped ones that are going to carry this thing to bring it to pass. If there's something about somebody that says, man, I'm going to develop, I'm going to grow, I'm going to connect, I'm going to carry my load in this thing, and we are going to see a city transformed as a result in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. So here's another scripture here on equipping. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. We shared this at midweek. Um, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. It says this. It says all scripture. Everybody say all scripture. It's given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God, that's what my mom, my mom, my, my wife calls me all the time, man of God. When I wake up in the morning, she says, man of God. I'm like, yes, what do you need? I'm here for you, girl. Come on, look at a man and say, man of God. Tell him, come on, see, man of God. We had a little fun with that at midweek. Sorry, guys. Midweek people are like, okay, not again, Pastor Sean. Let's get on with the word here. 
man of God. That the man or woman, everybody say or woman. That the man or woman of God may be complete. Everybody say complete. Thoroughly equipped. Everybody say equipped. Equipped for every good work. So it is the word that equips you. We got to get in the word. You got to get in the word. You got to get that word in you. Find ways to get it in you. Download the Bible app. Get that word in That word thoroughly equipped you know completely furnished for every good work you're called to a work but you need to be equipped to do it you have a purpose but your purpose isn't just going to happen there needs to be some equipping some preparation um you know you gotta you gotta learn some things you know learn get in the word dive in the word go to midweek connect to other believers that the man of god or woman of god may be complete um that word complete means this that you're ready now because of what you did yesterday we talked about this a little bit midweek. I just want to kind of review that a little bit. Um, that the man of God may be complete. Meaning the word of God. We, we take it very seriously equipping. Because, because um, on Monday we want you to go into that thing in victory. We want you to take some ground. We want you to break some curses. We, we, we desire as a church for you to go and just make that thing happen. You're, you're called, you're anointed, you're not less than, you're not, you're not, you're not um, just going to be, um, your, your destiny's not going to be dwarfed. You're, you're going to live and not die. You're going to declare the works of the Lord. You're going to do what you're called to do. You're going to change uh, your world. Uh, and we are going to change the world. But, but, but you got to change your world if we're going to change the world. Come on, somebody. you got to change your home before we change um, families. Uh, we, we, you got to change your neighborhood before we change the city, right? So you are gifted. You're, you're anointed. You have a purpose. But the Word of God will make you complete. Meaning, I am ready today because of what I did yesterday. And so, so, so the question is, you know, ask yourself, what did I do yesterday to be ready for today? What am I doing today to be ready for tomorrow? Thoroughly equipped for every good work. All right, so everybody say this with me. Say equipped ones. Come on, say it with me. Say equipped ones help to bring the word to pass. It is a company. It was in Hebron. He had a company of people to bring this thing to pass. It is never a, there are no heroes in the kingdom. There's, there's only community in the kingdom. There, there, are, there are those uh, that, that are anointed for a specific task, but it is all of us. It is the body of Christ. It is, uh, you know, that every part does its share. You know, the gifts of the Spirit are for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Ministry isn't on a Sunday. Ministry is Monday morning when you're at work. You are a minister. You are pastoring the people of your workplace. You are teaching the people of your environment. You, you might not be called to be a prophet on stage like we had at midweek and he was prophesying over everybody in the room, but you uh, may potentially have a prophetic anointing, a creative expression of who God is. Ministry is tomorrow. We are, we, are, we are in a refuge and preparing you to go and make things happen for the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, you're anointed. Look back at him and say, I am anointed too. Come on. Look, put your hand up like this and look at him and say, would you like to receive the anointing now? Go ahead. Just say, <laughs> come on, come on. Come on now. Some of y'all laughing, huh? You're like, you're like, no, I don't know that person. I don't. You are anointed. You have an anointing from the Holy One. Pastor Nick isn't the only anointed person in here. Come on, somebody. He is anointed. Anointed to be a pastor. But you're anointed to deal with those crazy people on Monday. You have an anointing for crazy people. <laughs> you're anointed to deal with that mess. You're anointed to be all up in there, like, oh, check, you know, think about Daniel, how he was in Babylon, pagan, just, nat, just dirty, nasty. You are anointed for nasty. Come on, somebody. You are, you are called to be in the world. You're anointed to get in there. Sunday's chill mode. This is chill mode right here. We're chilling. I might not be chilling. I'm hot up here. I got this light on me. I'm trying to preach, trying to give you a word. But man, this is like, this is family time. This is ministry. I get it. Yes, it is. But man, you're anointed. You're, equipping is for you. Here, here's, here's, here's a sword. Here you go, Chris. Here's a sword for you. Go out there and just, you know, you handle business here. Aaron, here's your, here's your sword. Look at that, Aaron. What a perfect name to do ministry, Aaron. 
I mean, look at Jacob. Wow, all you all Bible names up in here, right? You are anointed to get out there, handle business. Do business till he comes, right? Go out and handle business. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm anointed to handle business. You, you, you have a calling. You have a grace. You are anointed. Every last one of you. I know some of you telling, you know, at midweek or during, you know, on a Sunday, you're like, man, it's been a rough, been a long week. I'm tired. Hallelujah. You're doing something for the kingdom. You know what? Because crazy people make other people crazy, but you're anointed and you can absorb the crazy in love. Some of you are like, yeah, that's why I'm here. I'm trying, Pastor Sean. For real, like you... We're, we're anointed to go out, look at the kingdom, living for God. We don't want safe living. We don't, we, we, there's this element of God that is dangerous, that is adventurous. Come on, it's Father's Day. Come on, men of God, where are you at? Ooh, come on. Come on, men of God, this is your day. I should hear some growling. Throw some chairs at me or something. Let's get this thing started. Come on, men of God. Where are the men of God at? All right. All right. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. But you, you got something. You're, 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 you know, not only give the job, but equip, meaning fully furnished for an undertaking. That, that you have an assignment. You are on assignment. Some of you looking at me like, I wish I had a different assignment, Pastor Sean. Be faithful where you're at. Watch what God does. God's going to use you. God's going to use you this week. God's going to use you to love somebody. God's going to use you to, 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 to share Christ. God's going to use you to be Christ to somebody else. Go out there and do this thing. Come on, church. This isn't, this isn't just about church. This is, this is like the filling station. This is, this is rest time. This is chill time. This is where you come to church and get your free socks. You know what I'm saying? Right? Get your socks. Now get out there, you know. Your feet will be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Come on, somebody. <laughs> All right? But just to reiterate, fathers first, men second, ladies last. Okay? There we go. All right? So you are equipped ones, bring the word to pass. Equipped ones, bring the word. Not, hear me out. Um, not just people that do church, but equipped ones. That to bring a prophetic word to pass. We have a prophetic word over this church, a miracle building. We're going to create this. Uh, we're going to uh, reach a city in a creative way um, that, that we're going to find ourselves in a new facility and other people are going to say it's ugly and we're going to say, no, it's beautiful. We're going to do some things up in here. We're going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Prophetic word. There's a word that's been released and there's other visions. You see things of where we're going as a church, but it is us, the equipped ones, that will bring that thing into the natural realm. My goodness. Look at your neighbor and say, we about to do this. All right. Some of you say, we about to do this. Look at your neighbor and say, we about to do this. Once again, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed. How can this equip me? Because God's breath is on it. This isn't just something some of us might have grew up with. It's not just some good stuff. It's not some stuff to make my life better per se. This thing got God's breath on it, and it'll make you into another man. It will make you into another woman. It'll take an addict and make him a preacher. It'll, 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 it'll take somebody that's been abused, sexually molested, and make them a confident person, bold as a lion, healed and, 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 and free. It'll take a, this, this is God-breathed, God-inspired word. Well, we'll take somebody depressed and make them so joyful it makes depressed people annoyed. Come on, somebody. So he says, healing in this world. God breathe. Get up in this church and watch what God does in your life. Um, equip yourself. Arm yourself. You know, they were armed for war. God pulled, and it's interesting, right in this same scripture, in 1 Chronicles 12, it goes on to name every single tribe that came to where the word was. And to where, you know, this whole series, tribe on a quest, it names everyone. Zebulun, Gad. Judah, I don't even know them all, I'm sorry, I know I'm a pastor, I should have them memorized, but, but it names all the 12 tribes, 
that were on a quest to fulfill the word. The tribes show up. They conquer Jerusalem. They drive out the Jebusites. Then they bring the presence of God, the ark of God, back into the city of God. They took the city, named it David. That's my kind of dude. He took a city and named it after himself. This is going to be the city of David. Okay. Now, yeah, let's bring the presence in now. Right. So, so, hey, no, check it out. That, that, that we as a church, check this out. There were Jebusites in God's city, Jerusalem. The, the, the tribes came out. They said, man, we're here. Let's anoint you as king. We got our king now. Things are in order. The equipped ones rolled out. We're talking thousands and thousands and every tribe came. He had himself an army. He didn't do anything to get up. They just kind of, they, they were called to that place. They came out the woodwork, the whole crew. And they took the city, named it David, and then they brought the presence of God uh, back into the city, named it David. Check this out, that we as a church are called to change the identity of a city. We can change the name of where we are. It used to be all this. It used to be all this crime. It used to be this. It's known for that. Suicide up here. Violent crime way up here. No, we're going to change the identity of a city. That's what fathers do. That's what fathers do. I know it's Father's Day. That's what fathers do. Fathers impart identity. I, I, every day I look at my son, Nico, and I say, who's my boy? Who's daddy's boy? And he goes like this. He don't even say nothing. He's like. I do it. I love that. I don't, I feel, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Who's daddy's boy? Yeah. What is that doing? It's imparting identity. He is my son. Um, there is this ownership I speak over him. When the father told Jesus, before Jesus did any miracles, he was baptized in the Jordan, the father said from heaven, behold my beloved, my, my, my son. Jesus never sinned, 100% God, 100% man, but there's something in Jesus as a son that needed to hear who he belonged to. My beloved son, I'm well pleased. Jesus performed zero miracles, did not heal anyone yet, but the father was pleased. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but fathers, we need to communicate our pleasure towards our children before they do anything. I'm pleased. Man, you're, uh, Nico, I grab it. You're a good boy. I'm prophesying. You're a good boy, Nico. You, I mean, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. You're a good boy. That's my son. He's a good boy. Boy, he wasn't good at children's church last. He's a good boy. In the name of Jesus. I, I'm his father. I'm telling him who he is. He's a good boy. Gia, you are beautiful. You're a pretty girl pretty I'm and she, she I know it already gets on her nerves stop doubting no pretty girl I'm gonna annoy her until she gets married and then when she gets older she's gonna just love me for it watch she's gonna let me move in when I can't take care of myself <laughs> come on somebody look at look at the dad look at the daddy here say be good to your daughters because they the ones that are gonna take you in because Nico's gonna be like no, I'm good I got a lot going on and Gia's gonna take me in right She's going to take me in. She's going to take care of me. Come on, somebody. And her husband's going to be like, dang, when's this grumpy old man get his own place? All right, but, but, but fathers impart identity. Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. You guys all right? Yeah. All right, Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. Somebody say, I'm equipped, and I'm, a, I'm an equipper. I'm, an, I'm, I'm, I'm equipped, and I'm an equipper. Anyway, we train. We're a church all about training, even to volunteer here. And our children's ministry here, does, our kids, sexuality kids, does such a great job of this. When you begin to volunteer there, you, you, you don't even just jump in right away. You, you, you go through a process of shadowing with somebody. We're an equipping church. Even when we serve, we want to train and develop people. We want, we're, we're, we, we want to equip them. We don't, just, we're not, we don't just want to throw you into something and be like, we'll try to figure it out. And we're working on it. Not every, we're, we're still working on it. But I'm just saying, we as a church, we, we're, we're obligated to even live that way as a church, even in serving that. They, they, they've done such a great job of multiple weeks before they initially even serve there, that they're, they're, they go through a training process. And that, that is something that is dear to us. We're, we're, we're not only equipped, uh, but we are equippers, every last one of us. You're, you're called to equip somebody, to arm somebody, to empower somebody, to give them something. We're talking to a church member that had to go. They had something to do. We met with them. 
um, just Jennifer and I, and she was saying how she's going to give her testimony on a Wednesday night somewhere. Right there, we're like, let's pray for you. We're going to pray. We're going to arm you right now. Because she was like, oh, I'm just a little scared. I was like, so we, right in front of Stumptown, we just laid hands on her, just prayed over her. We're going to equip you, even spiritually. Like, Lord, we just thank you. Stir up the gift inside of her, Lord. Let her, let, let her speak boldly. She's, and her last name is Leon. I'm like, you are bold as a lion. Come on, somebody, Leon. Um, and so, so we just, we spoke that over. We equipped her. We empowered her to do that. Amen? Say it again. Say, I'm equipped, and I'm an equipper. Okay, here we go. We're going to talk about legacy here. Malachi 4, verse 6. It's talking about Jesus. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. It's amazing. Fathering isn't, it's, it, it, it's a, there's a weight to it, but it's very simple. Uh, give your heart to your children and watch what happens. More than education, more than uh, money saved up for their college, more than um, wisdom, more than, uh, I'm going to say this and just hear me out, more than kind of maybe right and wrong or this or that, but how about we start here. When fathers, the hearts of the Father, God, Jesus will do this. When we encounter Jesus, that Father is now healthy. Jesus makes fathers healthy. Um, the hearts of the heart. Heart. Um, I believe many of us are, you know, um, or our generation or people in general, the reason why we deal with so much and we need so much healing is because maybe the Father's, our Father's heart wasn't turned toward us. So we had to work things out ourselves, and if the Father's heart was turned toward us, we would have started off on a different foot. But aren't you thankful that we have a Father, capital F, to the fatherless? And I'm here to tell you that your Heavenly Father's heart is toward you. And that is number one. And He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And secondly, the hearts of the children to their fathers. Wow. When a father turns his heart to his children, everything changes. It's so powerful, so simple, that when a father gives their heart, their time, their attention, their words, and you might be like, man, I have not been the best father, and I'm working on it, and I slip up here and there. I'm right there with y'all. But when we make an effort to give our heart to our children and the hearts of the children, the children will turn. We can't look at a generation and point the finger at them if we haven't turned our heart towards them first. So in the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Uh, fathers turn their children, when fathers turn their turn their heart to their children it brings a blessing on a generation it's not mechanics it's heart it's not perfectly doing this and that it is heart fathers are stewards of legacy uh, that we are responsible for this generation we because it is coming from us yeah Thank you over there. But fathers, here we go, are accountable to set the pattern. It's what we do. As that you are graced. I'm encouraging you fathers, the men of God in here, that you have the grace to set a pattern. This is how it is done. Certain natural things my father um, did. He was extremely organized. Um, extremely organized. <laughs> He had, I mean, he was, his personal life was on point. Behind the scenes, he taught me a lot. It's funny, I was telling Pastor Jay that, my pastor, my boss. And he was like, man, that's probably, that's why you're an administ executive pastor here at LC. Because all organizational. It's interesting. I do what I do as a result of a pattern my dad left me. And it could get on people's nerves. Maybe I'm a little overboard. Maybe a little bit. Like Pastor Nick said yesterday, you know, perfection, maybe he's a little, little overboard. And Moses was like, oh, just a little bit. Right, so just a little bit. But, but, but for me, myself, maybe I'm a, but, but, but I'm just saying, my dad set a pattern, certain pattern. 
like honestly the way my dad did the laundry because I grew up mostly with my dad so he was the one and he's the one that took care of things at home right so like even just the way I mean I, I'm talking about laundry I know it's a small thing but my dad was on point about the laundry like there was a certain way you fold the towels so you can fit them all in the cabinet like I know it's a little extreme right but but he showed me um, from start to finish like this is how you do it set a pattern and it's it, it put an impression on this boy here that there's a certain way you do laundry <laughs> are you guys all right and there's certain uh things my dad did that i'm so uh proud of when he recently passed a few weeks ago i was sharing this with some people i'm i had my moment um just kind of weeping the day i found out you know and it was it was an interesting moment for me I've never experienced that because my dad's always been alive. My mother is still alive. So a parent passing just my first time. <laughs> uh, not that I have another in, in a sense, uh, but as far as a father. But it was interesting for me because I, had, I just, um, from childhood on, just because of the way my dad took care of us, the, the, the way, the, the sacrifice he gave to take care of us, took us in, worked hard just so he could support me, my brother, my sister, all throughout childhood, high school, supported my skateboard um, career, um, and, and even in ministry, super supportive. Um, when I'd go see him, he'd just give me a $100 bill here and there, which was awesome. It's just kind of dad he was. He's Italian. He's like, hey, here, you want 100 bucks here? I was like, yeah. It's... Sure, thanks. I'm not going to ask where you got it. His name is Guido, so I'm not trying to ask where he got it. But he always had some cash, okay? So, no, he was, he, was, he was solid. He was actually a butcher. My dad was a butcher. Guido the butcher. Uh, that's what we used to call him. For real, that's his name, Guido. He was a butcher his whole life. Worked hard. Um, and so, man, where was I going? Anyway, uh, but he, um, he, he just, he set a healthy pattern. He was always um, there. Oh, so when I kind of had my time, I broke, I wept, I cried. But for me in that moment, it was just, and I know every situation is different. I just want to share about legacy. Talking about legacy. We as a church, we take legacy. We're like, man, we want to pass on something. This ain't about Sean. This is about what's going to be here when I'm gone. Everything we do at Sanctuary LA is about when setting up something for the next generation. Um, just why we put our, uh, as much attention as we can on kids because it's legacy, right? And so when my dad, that night I was by myself, I just wept and cried. But for me, it was, it was, I had this moment of honor, like everything, my thoughts, I was crying, I was, the Lord was there, but it was all, for my experience, it was all those things he gave me to start to come up, the, the stability he had, the consistency he had, never complained about work. He was so, so stable, such a stable man, such a, he's so solid, faithful, uh, handled what he had to do, um, super encouraging when I was discouraged, just there, present, always there, never like, dang, where's dad at? I don't know. He was always there. I knew what time he got off work. I knew what time his car would be in the driveway. I knew he'd be home. I knew what time he got, got up and went to work. I knew he would be home after that. That man was a good dad. And so in that time of me crying and just the sadness of it all is I was like, I just had this moment of honor for him. Like that God, I, God, I was talking to the Lord, Lord, I want to make my dad proud. I want to live out everything he impressed on me. All the good stuff. Wasn't perfect. Did some things wrong. You know, he's a human. But it was, it was such a profound moment between me and my heavenly father and kind of God just, just coming on. It was interesting because my dad was such a busy body around the house, always doing stuff. And the kids, uh, Crystal Gale took the kids to bed, went upstairs, took the kids to bed. So I was downstairs and, and, and it was, when I started to break as I went into the kitchen and my dad would always find himself in the kitchen just cleaning up, situating, making sure dishes put away. It just, and when I started to do that, I was like, oh, I had a Guido moment. Right, and so that's when I started, because I was like, wow, I started to see as small as that seems, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what my dad would be doing right now. And so I just had this powerful moment. And so I just want to encourage you fathers today, it is Father's Day, that you're anointed to pattern how life should be lived to your children. That you are the pattern. Can I get an Amen. Here we go. A couple more scriptures here. 
Let's go here to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6. We're almost done. My second point is this. As you're turning to Proverbs 17, 6, fathers bring a blessing on their generation. My first point was equipped ones help to bring the word to pass. Second point, fathers bring a blessing on their generation. God said, look, if a father turns his heart towards his children, it will stop the curse. Man, it will stop the curse. It changes generation. It changes behavior. It changes habits. It changes um, um, things that carry on. It changes addiction when a father turns. It changes suicide. Changes. It changes the, the, the things that have been passed on. Changes when a father. I will not curse the earth if a father will turn his heart towards his children. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a curse breaker. And I'm a blessing propagator. Say it again. Say, I'm a curse breaker. And I'm a blessing propagator. Look at the person next to you and say, you're about to get blessed. Look back at him and say, because you're sitting next to me. Look at him. Tell him. Say, there's a blessing on me. Don't, look at him. Say, don't get too close. You just might get blessed. Don't look at him say, don't get too close. Come on, just rub elbows with somebody. Just give them a little bit of what you got. Come on now. Give them a little bit of what you got. Come on. Come on, break that curse. Break that curse. Curse breaker. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Curse breaker. Breaking curses. What are you doing on Monday? Breaking curses? Say it like, you're, like you mean it. Like you're a little bit crazy for Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, what you doing on Monday? Look back at him and say, I'm breaking curses. Proverbs 17, verse 6. We're almost done. Children's children are the crown of old men. All right, we don't have any old men in here. We just got men. All right, we all men up in here. We ain't old. Men. Mature. Seasoned. Seasoned. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm seasoned. Seasoned. I'm mature. Children's children are the crown of old men. Here it is. And the glory of children is their father. Wow. The glory of children is their father. I just want to encourage you. You might not have had some of the positive things I had as a father, but I'm here to tell you that in the presence of your heavenly father, your self-worth is settled. Your identity is sure. The same thing the Father told Jesus. He says to you in Christ, behold. He tells the world, behold my beloved son. Behold my beloved daughter. With whom I'm well pleased. The Father's pleased with you. Not because you did something. It's because you're his. He's pleased because you're his. Not because you've done anything. Your performance doesn't cause the father to validate you he validates you because you're his because you are born of him you are born again I am proud of Dominico Samuel Mandoli because he's mine <laughs> I'm pleased with Giovanna Noel Mandoli because she's mine I am pleased do I have moments where I am not pleased yes but I'm, I'm speaking of identity here <laughs> right I'm not trying to say my kids are angels little angels okay I know but I'm saying identity I'm pleased every opportunity they get it's a good boy it's a good girl I tell Nico all the time you got what it takes what it for what whatever life brings up I'm telling him now Nico you got this I tell him I grab him boy you got this he probably like, what is wrong with you? Boy, I said, boy, you got this. Boy, come here. You got, you got what it takes, son. You're going to go handle it, huh? You're going to show him, huh, Nico? Yep. What's he going to do? I have no idea. But he's going to do it. He's going to do a good job. And, and daddy's going to be proud of him. Come on, somebody. Here we go. 
We'll close with this. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. We're almost done. And we're going to pray for the fathers. It says here, Matthew 3, I, I, I reference this. And suddenly, 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 a voice came from heaven. I'm here to say this to everybody in this room. This is the voice of our heavenly Father. This is my beloved church in whom I'm well pleased. Let me just encourage you here, fathers. I've said some of this, but I just want to say it again here. Fathers must consistently vocalize to their children that they are loved. Beloved. Beloved. You are loved. My love. The one I love. Because not everybody's going to love them, but I will. Not everybody's going to believe in them, but I will. Fathers must consistently vocalize to their children that they are loved. Fathers must consistently vocalize to their children that they are His. My beloved. It goes farther than you think. You are mine. My daughter. My son. God told Jesus from heaven, the Father said, My beloved son. You are my son. You are my daughter. There is this. Fathers must communicate, vocalize, in a sense, hear what I'm saying here? Ownership. You came from me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. You are mine. You are mine. Fathers must consistently vocalize to their children that they are pleased with them before they accomplish anything. Suddenly came from heaven, a sound from heaven saying, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. If all the fathers could just stand in here, all the fathers, I want, I want us to pray for you. Come on, give it up for these dads. Come on, stand up, stand up. Hallelujah. We just want to honor you here. Honor you fathers up in here. We know it's not easy. We know what you do, what you've done. And look at um, you. I, I'm here to tell you, you got what it takes. You're a good dad. You're in church. <laughs> Woo! You come a long way. Come a long way. And you're, gonna, you're, you're doing better. And you got what it takes. So if you could just lift your hands in here. And everybody just stretch your hands towards the dad. If you're sitting next to one, just go ahead and put your hand on their shoulder. We just want to pray for them. Every last one of them. Bless them. Pray for them. Come on. Just stretch your hands towards all these dads up in here. Hallelujah. Father, we just uh, pray for all these dads right now. Pray for your grace. We thank you that you, Heavenly Father, look at them as your sons. And you say, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Lord, we just speak grace over them. We thank you they have what it takes. As they continue to turn their heart towards their children, the curse begins to be broken. And things begin to change for the better. I thank you blessings coming out of them this year. Um, um, Father God, the, the good things you place in them are being stirred up and going to be released over their children, over their families, over their home, over their life. I speak over them that they're good dad, that they're anointed, that they're called, that they have the ability to do all that they are called to do. And I thank you for the grace on them to handle it, to bear it, to set the pattern, set the tone, that they are pattern setters, that, that they set the pattern of behavior. They set the pattern of professionalism. They set the pattern of, of character. They set the pattern of hard work. They set the pattern of prayer. They set the pattern of love. They set the pattern of acceptance. They set the pattern of mercy. They are, they are pattern setters. They are prototypes of what their children look. They are the model in the home. I thank you their grace to do it. And they're going to steer them on that divine path. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.